Um, I know Pete's already asked you if you've got your Bibles to turn to the Psalms. Pete was asking you to. I'm going to ask you if you have your Bibles. You might want to turn to Ephesians in chapter five. Um, as we were, as I was preparing for for today uh, and reading through these verses, I became aware that actually over the last few months, some of these verses we've actually been been looking at, maybe not months, but over the last year or so. Um, You'll, you'll probably recognize that when we come towards the end of the verses we're going to be reading, Pete actually spoke on those as part of our worship series that we did. Uh, and then there's some other verses in here that speak about making the best use of, of, of the time. And I, I'm pretty sure that was Mike had spoken on those at some point as well. They seem to keep coming through uh, in a number of weeks. So these some of these verses might be fairly familiar to us uh, within our, our kind of recent past. But uh, this time, uh, we're going to be reading these verses really within the context of exploring this whole letter together, uh, rather than kind of standalone sermons. It's within that context of, of Paul's letter to the Ephesians that we've been exploring over the last, I don't know how many weeks now, it's been a good number of weeks that we've been uh, working through this book, working through this letter together as part of our sit walk stand series and uh, just a quick recap and just to help us to remember the first three chapters we're looking at what God has done for us in Christ the truth of who God has made us to be and what that means for us uh, and then that's where we where we sit that's where we rest we rest in the goodness of that and everything about our lives in terms of how we how we uh, how we live and how we walk is based upon those truths and based upon uh, what God has done for us and then we have been thinking over the last few weeks about what it is to walk so what do our lives look like now in light of what God has done for us and then in a few weeks we're going to be looking at what it is to stand and what Paul means when he calls us to stand but we're going to read so we're going to pick up from chapter 5 we're going to read from verse 1 through to verse 20 so it's quite a number of verses that we're reading today uh, but we're going to read through those just kind of open your ears open your hearts to to receive uh, what we're going to read together and this is what Paul continues in his writing he says therefore be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God but sexual immorality and all impurity or covetousness must not even be named among you as is proper among the saints let there be no filthiness, nor foolish talk, nor crude joking, which are out of place, but instead let there be thanksgiving. For you may be sure of this, that everyone who is sexually immoral or impure, or who is covetous, that is an idolater, has no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Let no one deceive you with empty words. For because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not become partners with them. For at one time you were darkness but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true, and try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them, for it is shameful even to speak of the things that they do in secret, but when anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible, for anything that becomes visible is light, Therefore, it says, awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Look carefully, then, how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. 
And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Okay, now I'm no artist. I've not really produced any pieces of, of artwork worth noting. Um, but what, what I have seen uh, is kind of footage of people creating works of art, and particularly with the materials they're using. Say if they were painting, they tend to build up in layers, don't they? They'll layer up and build on that. And you might not notice at first uh, what the whole picture is going to be like. But as layer upon layer goes, you can see the whole picture. And in a way, what happens when particularly in, in the way that we do teaching sometimes, you know, we take it week by week, we come back to, we break some scripture down and we come back week by week. We're not starting, it, we're, we're not kind of coming at this cold. We've had kind of chapters and verses that have come before this. And what's been happening over the weeks is like we've been laying those layers down. And as layer upon layer comes, we see the full picture of what Paul is, is teaching the church in Ephesus. And so our starting point today follows what Paul has already said okay so we're not starting cold here it's following where Paul has already been it's following his thread uh, and it's been following his instruction about walking in a manner that is worthy of the gospel and that's really what the last few weeks has been about this call for followers of Jesus to walk in a manner that is worthy of the gospel for our lives if you like to, to kind of match up with the life that God has called us to the life that God has given to us through Christ which means that our lives should be different from what our lives were like before we knew Christ and before we come to make him king of our lives. Or our, um, our, 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 our life, uh, sorry, where over time we are becoming more and more like Jesus. And if you ever hear the word sanctification, that's what it means. It's about being changed and transformed and becoming more like Jesus. Now, last week, the way that Paul was helping us to, to kind of understand this and the way that Paul was, was um, kind of uh, instructing us was he was talking about the old self, taking off the old self because that doesn't belong to us anymore and putting on the new self, leaving behind what was once true of us and instead putting on what is now true of us in Christ. And we looked, didn't we, what that means in terms of speech and in terms of action, how we behave and what our lives look like and we're going to be carrying on from that point you see the first word that i read in these verses is therefore so it's something that's following on from what has come before uh, and paul says this doesn't he? he says therefore so because of what i've just said to you be imitators of god as beloved children and walk in love as christ loved us and gave himself up for us a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. So Paul continues this thread and he's saying, therefore, because of what you've heard and because of what I've already instructed you, you are to be imitators of God. So you're meant to look more and more like Jesus. And he roots this again in our identity. He says, therefore, be imitators of God. Why? Because you are his children and children are to reflect or to, to imitate their parents. 
and that is why we do it. And it kind of maybe feels like the last few weeks, it maybe feels like we've been banging the same drum about it's all about our identity. It's all about who Christ has made us to be. We live our lives the way that God has called us to, not because of earning or achieving anything, but because of who he has made us to be. And it might feel like Sam, Mike, Pete, you've been banging that same drum week after week after week. And the reason why is because that's the same drum that Paul is banging all the way through this letter. And he keeps drawing us back to. It's about our identity. It's an outworking of who we have now been made to be. We're to imitate God as his children. and Our lives are meant to reflect him. And Paul continues straight in from that. So what does it look like to be imitators of God? It looks like walking in love. Remember, we're in this section where we're thinking about, about, uh, about walking and how we're to walk. And Paul tells us we're to walk in love. And as we walk in love, we reflect and imitate our Father God. Not only that, we're to walk in love just as Christ, as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us so we're also told about the kind of love what this kind of love that we're meant to walk in looks like it's sacrificial it's a love that gives of oneself and so we're to imitate god in the way in which we love and then paul continues having given us this call given us this charge he says but sexual immorality and all impurity or covetousness must not even be named among you as is proper among the saints let there be no filthiness, nor foolish talk, no crude joking, which are out of place, but instead, let there be thanksgiving. The thing that really struck me was these verses or these things that Paul is saying, look, you need to stay away from these things. You're not to give yourself to these things comes in the context of this is what it looks like to walk in love. Which makes me think, therefore, that these things are not loving. And we're to stay away from these things because it is, that is not what walking in love looks like. We're called to, to walk in love means that we are to love God and we're to love others. Remember, that's the, the first and greatest commandment and, and the second greatest commandment. It's the two that Jesus said that we're to give our lives to, to love God with everything we have and to love others. And yet those things that Paul calls followers of Jesus to stay away from. Surely that means that, that, is, that that's kind of the opposite of what walking in love looks like. These things aren't loving. Those things don't draw us closer to God. They don't enable us to love God better. They don't enable us to love other people better. And actually what they do is they lead us away from thanksgiving. Do you remember what Paul said? He said, instead of doing these things, in their place should be thanksgiving. As if to say, look, if you're, if you're doing these things, there is no place for thanksgiving because you're giving yourself to other things. And your heart, rather than being drawn towards God, will be drawn away from him. And your heart will be turned away from him. Something I've, I've been very aware of in my own life, particularly over the last year, is that as I've kind of been aware of sin in my life and I've, been aware, I've, I've thought of things that I've maybe regretted or ways in which I've things I've done that that I'd rather not have done and and I look on them and I'm more and more I'm being struck by how actually how how they were I wasn't loving people well through them and as I trace it back I think actually do you know what that wasn't what it looked like to love that person well in that moment and really where it all fell down and, and why I did what I did is because I wasn't loving them very well and if I had prioritized loving them first and loving them then I wouldn't have done 
those things. You see, to walk in love is to, to flee, really, and to stay away from those things that Paul lists, but all of those things that God has deemed not, not what his desire is for us and the way that we're called to be. So if those things that Paul's highlighted aren't what it looks like to love, what does love look like? 1 Corinthians 13, this is what love looks like. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. And so if we're being called to walk in love, if we're being, being called to imitate God and to look like God, then that is what our lives are to be characterized with. And when you look at that list of what love looks like and you compare it to those things that Paul is calling us to stay away from, they just stand in absolute stark contrast to one another, don't they? But that is what God is calling us to. So we're to walk in love as God's children. But Paul also, as God's children, Paul also says that we are children of light. And because we're children of light, we should walk in the light. So we've been told to walk in love. And then just a few verses later, Paul's now saying you want, you need, uh, so walk in love. And now Paul's saying you need to walk in light. And we have to see that there's a correlation here between the two, I think. You see, Paul's not just jumping between unrelated thoughts. He's not just got his mind kind of jumping around all over the place and he's just picking up on things as he goes or, you know, not actually sure how it is that we're to walk. So he's just going to throw out loads of ideas until something lands. No, he's, there's a correlation here between walking in love and walking in light. You see, as we love God and as we love people, we are walking in light. We are bringing light and being light in situations. Remember, Paul was speaking about how we have put off our old self and we're putting on our new self, how we've been taken from darkness and brought into light because that is who God has made us to be. And Paul says as well, doesn't he? He says that with light, he says the fruit of which is found in all that is good and right and true. And the thing that light does is light exposes darkness. It reveals darkness. It reveals what is hidden within darkness. It shows it for what it is. And as we walk in love, that is exactly what we, what we are doing. As we walk in love, we expose darkness and we show what is hidden in it. To walk in love is to expose what's hidden in darkness. You see, love does not cover up what is evil. It does not silence the hurting. It does not silence the abused. It does not delight in wrongdoing. It shows it up for what it is. It pursues justice. It pursues righteousness. It pursues what is true. And this is what God is calling us to for our lives to be lives of love that bring light and bring light in dark places. And in those places, uh, 
uh, evil really cannot exist. Uh, it cannot. It cannot remain. Sorry, because it gets shown up and it get it gets exposed for what it is. Now, when I was thinking about this, something came into my mind about how, say, if if the lights were suddenly to go off or you were to open your your eyes in in a place that was dark. Uh, it's really disorienting at first, isn't it? And, and you're not quite sure where you are and you might fumble around and you might feel a little bit, ah, this, uh, no, I don't like this, this doesn't feel right. Uh, and yet what happens over time as our eyes gradually become accustomed to it, we're like, oh, actually I can see a little bit more. And okay, I feel like I can manage here and uh, I, can, I can function in, in this space now, it's okay. Once I've had a chance to, to kind of adjust to it and, I, and I'm in that place. And I wonder if sometimes we can be a little bit like that in our lives. In terms of the things that we give ourselves to. And it could be the things that Paul's mentioned in these verses. It could be other things. Again, that we know we give ourselves to things uh, that really are, are full, well short of God's best for us, of God's heart for us. Uh, things that, you know, give ourselves to sinful things that are rather to, to the life that God has called us to. And initially, maybe it feels like we, when we do that, that initial feeling, we could be like, I feel disoriented and uh, no, this isn't good. And, and I need to kind of uh, just, I need to repent and find my way out of it. But there is a danger that sometimes we stay in that place and we keep giving ourselves to that place where actually we find, do you know what? I, I'm actually quite comfortable in the darkness and I feel like I'm, my eyes have sort of adjusted and, and I can function in here and I can get by okay in here. And I know it's not what God has for me and I know it's not the best, but uh, actually, uh, you know, I might not be able to see quite as well in here, but I, I can function and, and I can get by. And there's a danger that we find ourselves in that place where in a way we can almost be sort of living in the shadows, if you like, where we're taking this imagery of darkness and, and light. But Paul is very clear. He says, it's just not so that you will get by okay in that place. And it's not just that it's unadvisable. It is incompatible with being God's children. You cannot live in both darkness and in light. You cannot be giving yourself to both darkness and to light. And really, this is what Paul has been saying through the whole of this section, if you like, of his letter about what it is to walk. He's saying it's just incompatible with being God's children if you walk in the ways that were true of your old self, of giving yourselves to the things that you were giving yourself to before you were, start, before you were following Jesus. In verse three, Paul says, uh, actually says that these things must not even be named among you. That's how much we should stay away from them. Don't even talk about those things among you. And it took me back to what we were looking at last week, where Paul also said, don't give any opportunity to the devil. And I think this is, again, what he's emphasizing here. Don't even talk about those things. Stay so far away from them. Don't give, the, don't give any opportunity to the devil to take a foothold in your life. Don't entertain those things that belong to darkness when you're called to be a child or when you're not called to be a child of light. You have been made a child of light. And as I'm speaking about this in this moment, you might feel actually I'm just describing where you're at where you know you've kind of feel like actually I, I, I can function where I am, where things are actually a little bit murky, kind of a mixture of darkness and a mixture of light. But here's the thing. 
is that when the scripture brings these things to us and when the Holy Spirit reveals these things to us, it's, it's to bring freedom, not to bring condemnation. And know this, the scriptures give us this promise that if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So if in this moment you feel that I've just described where you're at, come to God, confess it and know that he is faithful and just to forgive our sins. Maybe actually you're, you feel trapped, like you know there are things in your life that I just shouldn't be doing and things that I'm giving myself to that I just feel trapped like I'm in a cycle that I can't break out of. Not sure how to walk away from it can i encourage you bring it to god but share it with someone you trust bring it into the light <laughs> and share it with someone and ask them if they can pray with you if they can help you if they can just keep keep walking with you through this particular thing bring it to one of the elders you know we'd would love to be able to walk that through with you if you're in that place but bring these things into the light so we're to walk in love and we are to walk in light. One of the other things that caught my attention as I was reading through these verses is in verse 6 to verse 7. Paul says, let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not become partners with them. And the reason it kind of struck me and, and I was thinking about this was this is not about living separate from the world. And we don't want to misunderstand what Paul's saying here. This isn't about living separate from the world. But what he is talking about is about not giving ourselves to things that relate to our old self to not join others in their sin. That's what he's calling us away from. You see, it can't be about keeping separate from the world because these verses are about being light in dark places about being those that actually expose what is hidden in dark places. And in Matthew chapter 5, I'm just going to jump there. It's what Jesus himself said this. He says that this is true of us. He says that you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand and it gives light to the whole house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. We are the light of the world, and we are to let our light shine for others to see. As we walk in love, as we walk in light, that us others would see our good works and that God would receive the glory for it. But Paul, within that, he says that we need, to, we need to look carefully how we walk. We need to be wise about how we spend our time. We need to be wise about where we spend our time. We need to be wise about who we spend our time with. Because actually, we don't want to become partners with those uh, at, at, in terms of um, joining others in their sin. We're to stay away from that. That doesn't mean that we shut ourselves off and separate ourselves. We can't because we've been called to be the light of the world, to be light in dark places. I just want to share this to finish, just touch on this. 
You know, we started this evening and in these verses, we're called to be imitators of God as his children. And then in the final verses that, that we kind of um, ended up on, Paul leads us to this call to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Okay, so we've got at the start, be imitators of God, and then towards the end, be filled with the Holy Spirit. These two things go hand in hand. And actually, we cannot think that we can do the first without doing the second. We need the Holy Spirit because he enables and helps us to apply the gospel to our lives. And again, we keep coming back to this. I'm sure through this letter, Paul keeps bringing us back to the Holy Spirit, how God has given him to us, how Jesus himself said it was better that he went so that the Holy Spirit could come and live inside of us, that God himself would dwell in us by his spirit, because it's the Holy Spirit who helps us to apply the gospel to our lives. And so actually, I felt that I couldn't really touch, I couldn't not touch on this, because it would be unfair, really, for me to call us to be imitators of God, without drawing us back to the truth that we need to be filled with the Spirit, because he enables us to do just that as we partner with him in our lives. He helps us to discern what is pleasing to God. He enables us to imitate God. He reveals the will of the Lord to us. And all of those things that I've just mentioned, Paul calls us to do in just these few verses. Discern what is pleasing to God. Imitate God. Uh, understand what the will of the Lord is to us. And we need the Spirit. We need him to be able to do those things. If you've ever heard teaching on these verses before, you may well have heard it pointed out that when Paul tells, uh, Paul tells the church to be filled with the Spirit, the actual phrasing that he used is about to go on being filled. It's not a one-time thing. And so when Neil was encouraging us right at the very end of worship there, and uh, uh, he was encouraging us, wasn't he, about being filled with the Spirit, I was just like, Brilliant. Neil, you've just kind of hit my last kind of point on the head in that every day we need to go on being filled with the spirit. It's not a one, not just a one time thing. We need to go on being filled day after day after day. Phil Moore, who's written some excellent commentaries called Straight to the Heart. It's a Straight to the Heart series. And in his Straight to the Heart of Ephesians, he says this, which I think is really helpful. He says that being filled with the Holy Spirit needs to be a lifestyle, not a memory. Not of something that just happened once that we look back on and remember, but actually part of our lifestyle that we go on being filled day after day after day. Because as we're filled with the Spirit, Paul goes on to tell us in what we've just read, he enables us to worship. He enables us to give thanks. He enables us to encourage one another. And those things aren't about appearances. We don't do those things to be seen doing the right thing. Although actually, maybe sometimes we can fall into a place where we do those things because we think it's what expected of us. But actually, when the spirit is at work in us, this is about what God is doing in our hearts. It's about what what's in our hearts being what flows out of us in our lives. 
you know, going to just take us back to chapter one in Paul's opening verses um, in his letter to the, to this church. He says, he speaks about how in love God predestined us for adoption of sons through Jesus Christ. That's Paul's starting point. You've been made children of God, but as children of God, we're to be imitators of God. We're to be imitators of our father. We're to walk in love. We're to walk in light. But we're to go on being filled with the Holy Spirit because he is the one who enables us and helps us to do just that. He's the one who helps us to walk in the ways that God has called us to. Can I pray?